1: I've got Jay's Rays tickets to give away. I'll do that later on in the hour. Because if I did it now, it wouldn't make sense. I'll do it later in the hour. Jesse Rogers, ESPN's national MLB reporter. Nailed that. (laughs) We'll join us from Atlanta where he's covering the uh, Braves and the Cubs. We'll take a look at the National League wild card race. 7:07 is the first pitch tonight on Sportsnet 590. The fan and, of course, across the Sportsnet family of television stations, the Jays taking on the New York Yankees in the second game of a three-game series. Jays a game and a half up. The wild card losing 2-0 last night to the New York Yankees. Gets easier tonight. It's Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees against Jose Barrios. Make the playoffs. Got to be a good pitcher. Right tomorrow, Chris Bassett against Luke Weaver. Then the Rays come in town, and then, well, then we'll see where the Jays are. Playoffs start. Playoffs start Tuesday, right? They have got Monday off. The playoffs so, start yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we do know that the Jays, uh, if they make the playoffs, they will not be at home. They'll either be in, um, they'll either be in Tampa or uh, Minnehaha. That Minnesota. may be good.
2: They don't play. They don't. They don't look right at home. Do Who? they? As a team? No. No, 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 so it might be better for him to be on the road. No, they
1: don't. Yeah, um, they 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 really don't. And uh, they're asking for ch- fans to cheer. <laughs> like, well, no, Brandon like, Belt I mean, Belt wants noise. Uh, <laughs> fans want hits. Guess what has to happen first for the second thing to happen? Well, maybe ask for it tomorrow. In order, what fans want. That? Fans want hits. Ask tomorrow for And then hot dogs. Fans want hits and hot dogs. Uh, David Sampson is host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. He's the former president of the Florida slash Miami Marlins. He joins us on Blair and Barker. David, as always, we appreciate your time. Um, Giancarlo Stanton. You know, we talked to Jack Curry about Giancarlo Stanton in the last the last segment and and just about you know like my friend Barker pointed out fourth fastest to 400 home runs yeah that's pretty good yep. y- you guys had this guy um you know you gave him a good a good contract what when you see Giancarlo Stanton uh David you know, what do you see now and are you surprised that we're seeing what we see from him
3: well, I think there's been a bit of atrophy and one of the reasons for it is that he's not playing the field the way he used to. And he always likes being involved in the game. And I was always concerned when he went to the Yankees and they made him the primary designated hitter because he loved playing right field and it kept him more involved and more interested. And they just became so worried about his health for good reason because of his injuries. But at the end of the day, keeping someone mentally and physically involved seems important to me and He's not a 188 hitter. He still has power. His speed is something that was never truly there, but it certainly wasn't as bad as it is now. And I think he's playing not to get hurt because he so badly wants to help. And that, as you know, is a bad prescription. But I would look for Stanton to be in the Hall of Fame still. I would look for him to get 500 home runs because his power is still prestigious.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say he's got 4 years left in the deal. Yeah. Uh and it would be hard. I mean, I don't know. I again, Vernon Wells was traded, so I stopped thinking that there's such a thing as a tradable <laughs> contract that, I mean, you know, PT Barnum the, the the rule is there. There is somebody who, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anyhow. Uh moving on from that because I really liked Vernon and it wasn't his fault that he signed that contract. Mm-hmm. Uh would you would you take a shot at him if you were if you were another team and there was some sort of way of you know, a, a mega deal being made? Like, yeah, we've got some bad money. We'll take some of your bad money. You know, just kind of rearranging things because it almost seems to me that in some ways Giancarlo Stanton might need, might be a change of scenery thing for him right now. Mm-hmm. Would you take a shot in him if you were another team, if, if you could make it work out so that it wasn't a salary dump or, you know, that it wasn't really onerous for either side?
3: So my answer is yes, but the problem is that's living in Barbie land because mm-hmm. he's got a no-trade clause. And he doesn't. He wanted to be traded only to New York or L.A. So I don't believe that as he's gotten older, he's saying, you know what, I'd love to play in St. Louis. Yeah, I think right. that, and nothing against St. Louis, I love St. Louis. I just think that he is going to stay in New York. I think that if they paid his contract down, of course it would be movable, but the no trade clause makes it so it won't be movable. I really believe they should try to play him more in the outfield. And I understand why they don't, but if I were the new manager of the Yankees, and they may have one, I would think about talking to Brian Cashman, unless there's a new GM also, and thinking about taking my chances and letting them play the field.
1: I'm going to turn it over to Bark in a minute, but you mentioned a no-trade clause, and I've often wondered about this. How many it, – it, is it possible to give me a percentage of – where the no trade clause is because the guy really doesn't want to be traded or controls wants to control his future or doesn't no trade is that simply a bargaining chip so that if you do trade the guy he will have some sort of leverage like i've often wondered when you give a guy a no trade clause as a as an owner do you you know do you kind of you have to read get a read in your own player i get that but Is it more often than not just a bargaining chip? Or at some some point, is it something that really is a reflection of the player's desire?
3: Here's the general rule. When there's a no-trade clause to 10 teams, let's say, that's someone who wants to use the no-trade clause as a sword in order to extract value upon being traded. When it's a blanket no-trade clause, it's generally a shield. It's a shield based both on the player wanting to be where he is or alternatively, wanting to control where he goes. And for Stanton, the no-trade clause was always the shield. It was always to protect against him going somewhere he didn't want to go and making sure that he stayed where he wanted to be. And he demanded the no-trade clause from the Marlins. And it's the only no-trade clause in a multi-year deal I ever did in my 18-year career was to Giancarlo Stanton. And I regret it only because, I would rather have been able to say that I never gave one, because they're so onerous, they're so bad, they're so advantaged to the player that I can't think of a good reason to give one. And if I had stood my ground, and I think back to that negotiation, we gave him the 325 that he wanted. we gave him the 13 years that he wanted. He was done for his career. He had generational wealth. If I'd stood my ground on the no no trade clause, I think he would have given in. But I was so interested in getting him signed because of the narrative that we needed down in Miami that, hey, we don't trade all our players. We do sign some players forever. We wanted him to be that face of the franchise. That's why I gave in so quickly.
2: David, Blue Jays got really good pitching, borderline great pitching. But they got a lineup that e- that's easy to pitch to, especially when they're facing Really good pitching. Now, obviously, really good pitching can get a lot of lineups out. But, well, you know, you think about the Blue Jays, at least that competitive at bat, right? It's uh, if a dude throws fastballs away, don't be afraid to spin one to right center occasionally, right? To get him out of that. They sometimes have trouble doing that. I see what you're doing. I i wonder how serious I should take the Blue Jays. Say they make the playoffs. I, I think they are. They're a good enough team. They got good enough defense and a good enough pitching staff to to make the playoffs. When they get in the playoffs, should we take them serious to make a decent run at this thing?
3: How could you not? Uh, How could you not take any team in the playoffs seriously when you saw that Philadelphia just got hot at the right time last year and rode it all the way to the pennant? You see teams. It's not often that the number one-seeded team goes all the way. Yeah. So I think that in this new era of short series, I always look to pitching. And the reason I was laughing, I don't know if you could hear me on air, mm. but you said, you know, when we face good pitching, we have a hard time hitting. Well, join the club. Yeah. Everybody has a hard time hitting against good pitching, which is why if you have good pitching, you're going to do well in the playoffs. And so I don't think anyone wants to play Toronto in the playoffs. I certainly wouldn't want to. And uh, all they got to do is get there. And I actually believe they will get there. And I don't think it matters. I think they're going to play either Tampa or Minnesota. And it depends on where they finish in the wild card. And to me, it doesn't matter. I think that they can go into Tampa and win two of three. And I think they can certainly go into Minnesota and win two of three.
1: David, Brandon Belt uh, – you knew I was going to ask this question, Barker, because I love this. Brandon Belt came out today and I and, and, uh, uh, basically said he'd like to hear the fans make some noise and, you know, maybe – Help out. And I, I, listen, I, I mean, I don't know, noise and baseball. I, I, th- this place was intimidating in 2015 and 2016, but it was intimidating because people were throwing things at people and getting tossed out of the stadium. And I mean, they had a really good line had a real good line. Yeah. And there was a reason people were making noises because here comes another guy and uh, coming up to the plate with 40 home runs. Right. Um, answer me this. Cause I know you guys built a ballpark in Florida. What role does fan, this is, I understand, this is kind of an odd question. What role does fan noise play in baseball? Because it seems to me that of all the sports, it's kind of, you know, the defense has possession of the ball, right? It's an inherently negative sport. I've just always thought the noise doesn't matter in baseball.
3: Yeah, we've never pumped noise into the stadium, and we've never done anything like that. Uh, Let me tell you about Marlins Park or about any ballpark you build it according to what you think is the best way to win the most games. And we built Marlins park to be a pitcher's park and the hitters complained and we ended up moving in the fences and moving down the fences. Cause Stan was so upset for his teammates who saw balls hit as hard as they could be hit and not go out. Stanton, of course didn't care. He could have home runs anywhere. Right. But the reason we wanted a pitcher's ballpark is that we had experience with the bandbox in Cincinnati and Philly. Those are two ballparks that are very often friendly and we never thought where our payroll was going to be, that we'd be able to have an imposing lineup year after year after year. We thought our best chance was to develop young pitching and win with pitching. And so when I look at how teams are built now, and I realize that uh, it may be from yesteryear, which is when pit, you wanted pitching speed and defense, and that was your ticket to a ring. And like the NFL and the national football league changed their rules to get offense. The NBA changed their rules to get more offense. Offense is certainly more exciting. And when you look at the giants, San Francisco giants, and I didn't see this. So I I, I may be taking this out of context, but there's been a lot of talk in San Francisco about culture. Logan Webb went public saying they got a problem. Uh, There's been a lot of criticism of their front office that they built a team. That's not fun to watch. And it's all analytics and they look like robots. Well, you sort of get what you pay for, which is if that's the way you're going to run the team, then the fans are going to react in kind. So could the Giants be more fun? I don't know. Of course they could be more fun. But to be in a, in a, in a playoff race the way they were for most of the year with a team that probably overperformed – unless you believe Boris that Michael Conforto was going to be the difference maker for that <laughs> team, which of course was total horse hockey. I think that uh, do you remember when he said that, yeah. when they, yeah. signed, they yeah. signed Conforto, you all pay attention. This is going to be the best signing of the season. And I laughed at that. It's totally ridiculous. But I think that uh, the Giants agreed when they hired Farhan and when they hired Gabe Kapler, that they were going to be a certain way. And they liked that way. So I understand why an old schooler like belt would say what he said, but I wonder whether his comments are not meant for the fans as much as they're meant for the front office.
2: Yeah, Hmm. maybe that sounds, that's interesting. Sticking in the national league, who who do you think has a better chance of making a decent run if they get in the Cubs or the D backs?
3: It's such a problem in the national league with these teams who are you know, flawed and mediocre who are going to make the playoffs. But there is one interesting thing, and that is I'd rather be a team that's playing meaningful games late in the season than a team that clinched too early. And we came across that our playoff year where we went into San Francisco and they had clinched their division in May, and we had a fight for the playoffs until the second-to-last day of the season, and we were just sharper than they were because they hadn't played a game that mattered in so long. And I wonder whether that is going to be an issue with Los Angeles and Atlanta. I believe they're, they're teams that should, in theory, meet in the LCS. But I think that we're going to see one of them get upset. And I don't think it's going to be the Braves because if you look at their pitching and their lineup. I just don't think they have enough holes where someone is going to beat them three out of five or four to seven times. But uh, we'll, we'll wait to see. But I'm certainly excited for the possibility of a great, great playoff. And when I look at the Cubs and I look at the Diamondbacks, you gotta love the Diamondbacks team. Yeah. And when you look at their pitching in a short series, well, I love Steele in Chicago, but I also love Gallon and I love Kelly and, and I love Carroll. I, I I just I wonder whether I'd rather play the Cubs, and I think the answer is yes, especially because in the first round you don't have to play them in Wrigley.
1: Right. Mm. Uh Rob Manford, the commissioner, was on a uh, uh, podcast today with um, uh, John Urand and, and uh, Andrew Marchand, um a sports media podcast. I think it was today. Uh, it was either today or yesterday, so I, I apologize if I'm a day late. It would not be the first time. Uh, but he made a comment that really got me – I'm not surprised, but it really got me thinking. And one of the things he said is he foresees a time where – there will be, and I don't know if he was specifically talking about baseball or every sport, but there will be a TV network or a TV channel devoted solely to watching a game and gambling on the game in real time. In other words, it, you, you know, you'll be that—that's—that's mm-hmm. that's what it's about. You may not have a play-by-play. There'll be a lot of. Odds flashed up on the screen, you know, one eight hundred number or what? A one eight hundred number, a number or you know, a, a website one eight hundred number. Did I just age myself? Right? You know what I'm saying? Or or, or a, an app that you can download and you can <laughs> an app that you can download and make a bet on the game in real time. Do you see that happening? Sooner as opposed to later. And I think he was also commenting about sort of the disappearance of some of the issues we're seeing in the States with the regional sports networks. And this may be something teams themselves may may do.
3: Well, he's responding to what came out also yesterday about a new company where there's going to be football games and real-time betting on the same screen. There's this company that does it where you're watching a game, an actual game in real time, And you're betting on it as it's happening. One of the issues that they have to get deal with is the delay, the streaming delay that exists. Mm. There would be a way to game the system because it is my understanding that there's a streaming delay of one or two seconds. So if there were a way to bet next play touchdown and you get to bet it on your TV, but you're streaming and the play already happened, of course that can't be. So I think we have to get the technology to where what you're betting on hasn't happened yet. So let's start with that. Secondly, I would say that the Rob Manford is embracing gambling in a way that his predecessor would not even come close to. Oh my God. It was obviously
1: Bud would have run away from that.
3: Yeah. Correct. And I think what Rob is recognizing is that teams are losing money. Payrolls have gone up while attendance is up. Uh, there, there is concern over the ability to keep TV revenue growing at the rate it was with the disappearance of the regional sports network forever bubble and forever has come to an end. And as a way to replace that revenue, how do we get people to engage in the game and try to monetize that and keep some of that? And gambling is a natural place because you get people watching games who aren't fans of your game, of your team. You get people who want to gamble. You get people who like playing fantasy, let's say, who aren't interested in the team, but they're interested in the player. And anytime you can do that, you're building your revenue, and that's what I think Rob was referring to, and I think you're going to see that sooner rather than later. I think five years from now, you're not going to recognize broadcast. Uh, there will not be 1-800 numbers. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, it come will be on. Real. I was just... You know, The humor operator me. standing by, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you're buying a set of steak knives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you yeah. know what was that again? Did you say you're putting how much down? Oh, oh too late. Sorry, the pictures happened. Well, we'll get back to you. Um, yeah, okay. I aged myself. I mean, whatever. Uh, you as a as a former. <laughs> I'm really, I'm trying to move off this, but you as a former, and you're not going to let me, you as a former club president, um, are you surprised at, at, at sort of how much deterioration there has been in the, the regional sports network in the United States? You know, because I, I think we all kind of well, thought that was going to be the long-term thing, right? And you're not, I don't think you're surprised about that at all, are you?
3: No, when I was negotiating a new TV deal back in 2014, 15, and 16 with Fox out in L.A., they were telling me that the writing is on the wall, the cord-cutting writing is on the wall. And what cord-cutting really is code for is people no longer wanting to pay for what they don't use. Right. Because the cable model is that everybody pays for every channel, whether you use it or not. So people are paying for ESPN and watching the Discovery Channel. And that's no longer acceptable to people. And so now what you're seeing, every day there's a new team. Today it was the Utah Jazz. I think the Golden Knights may have announced today as well. Mm-hmm. Their own app, where for five bucks or 10 bucks per game, or for 20 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month, you can stream your games in market, out of market, wherever you are, through the app of either their regional sports network or their own network that they own. And I think that is very much the future. The problem is that for most teams, the individuals who want to watch their team and pay for it, like the Marlins, it doesn't add up to the total amount of their existing TV deal. Mm. For teams like the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, there's plenty of people who want to watch those teams, and they'll be able to replace the quote-unquote cable money with this quote-unquote streaming money. So the problem that baseball has is it's going to create an even bigger revenue divide and further the economic disparity that exists, which is something baseball doesn't want. So this is a very big story that you're mentioning that is going to be watched very closely over the next 24 to 36 months.
1: David, really good of you to join us. Thanks so much. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go and uh, call (laughs) 1-800-OLD-JEFF. See if I can get my steak knives.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love the show.
1: Take care, David. One, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.
3: Again, it's David oh, it's Sampson, tremendous.
1: host of Nothing Personal oh. with David Sampson. Oh, what? I one eight hundred. Yeah, I'm just glad he laughed at me and he laughed at you.
2: So I'm glad. Like he he, he got us both. Yeah. 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 Good pitching. I don't know where <laughs> the I don't know where I,
1: what what I don't know where the one eight hundred number came from. I, I like out of my brain. Every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, do we have time? Should we pay? Do you want to play the Spencer Strider clip now? Do we have time? Or should we do it on the other side? Kind of a fun, fun thing. Do it now? Okay, we'll do it now. And then we'll give away uh, tickets on the other side. So we talked about um, noise and ballparks and doesn't make any, any difference. Well, Spencer Strider was asked by somebody a couple of weeks ago for, give us a hot take. And he, his hot take was about noise the baseball stadium the baseball park and this is what spencer strider said absolutely there should be no fans 2020 season no fans get rid of the fans it's too loud too loud it's too loud everybody be quiet we don't we don't need the the
0: cheering we know you're watching Uh, i don't need the fans uh you you stay outside the stadium i mean back it up (laughs) let's do like a no lower bowl thing
1: no, you, oh, know, okay. kinda, you know, just kind of, yeah, upper deck's great. The... Upper deck's great.
2: Outfield, phenomenal. Out we don't ahead. need you around the dugouts. Right. Just, just try and be quiet. <laughs> That's Spencer Strider, yeah. the anti-Brandon Belt. Well, He throws a 1,000
1: on the best team I, in baseball, I, I guess. I, yeah, and I just, I, I find it, I've always, <clears throat> maybe it's because I spent so much time covering games at Olympic Stadium in Montreal and, You played there. There'd be 10,000, 11,000 people in there, the stupid plastic seats that they'd be hammering. The the bells, I think. The
2: cowbells? Yeah. When I played there, that's what it was. I I don't remember cowbells. I played in winter ball. I I used earplugs all the time. Oh, winter ball is... It was so so loud you couldn't hear, like a a pop-up went in the infield. You, You couldn't hear the guy calling you off. Like you had to... Basically, use hand signals and sort get of, excited going sort up of to to the reach your with, way
1: through when people were people were, people were screaming, people
2: he were screaming. Here comes Kevin gray. Baker, the home he run guy. I, was, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn. That's pretty big over there. So I, I, was, I know you
1: were. That's what I'm saying. But did you was, get jacked up when here the crowd's standing? Here comes Kevin. Or, I mean, it didn't hurt. Okay, it didn't hurt, but it didn't make me hit a double to left center. That's what I mean. Yeah, like. You can only do what you can do, whether or not 40,000 people are screaming at you or 2,000 people are screaming at
2: you. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's something their team has talked about. Brandon's just not going to come out and come up with that on his own. He's obviously had a conversation with somebody else on that team that says, man, it's awfully quiet in here. What's maybe going what, on?
1: Maybe, maybe what they're really saying is close the roof. Make it noisier by closing the roof. Didn't I just say that like an hour ago? Could be. Actually, they think the
2: ball carries more with the roof closed. Well,
0: could be.
1: Maybe analytics equals boredom. We'll find out. Well, you nailed that. Jesse Rogers joins (laughs) us next. I've got tickets to give away, too. It's Blair and Barker.
3: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Right, I'm getting too much grief over the 1 800 thing. No, it's not grief. It's funny. It's a sign that people love me. That's a, bit, that's a bit strong. 707 will be the first pitch tonight as the Jays and Yankees play the second game of their three game series. Piece of cake for the Jays tonight. Jose Brios on the mound against Garrett Cole. This one is, should be called Guaranteed Win Night. Thursday, Chris Bassett takes on Luke Weaver, and then the Rays come into town. And at some point, the Jays, according to Kevin Barker, are guaranteed to clinch a playoff spot. And, well, you said that they're going to clinch a playoff spot. I mean, if you're going to claim that I said that Chad Green should have been the closer, should have closed. No, no, the
2: no, that's, no, you you <clears throat> said you blame it on the light show. <laughs> I, light shows. Yeah. Hot dogs. That's, a, that's why it's still in 94s. It's a light show. I, I, Boy,
1: that is some great analysis right there. That's why listen, we maybe, didn't maybe the he big bucks. Should, no, maybe he should come out to some, you know, like real hard-charging music or I something like that. I would go out on
2: limb and say he didn't choose that, mm. that that's just to get people fired up
1: and excited. To, he's there. They're winning. Uh, no. We've been giving you the chance to maybe win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. The best thing about hosting the show is you can just move on and pretend the guy's in there. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Our last trivia question and answer was, name the Blue Jay who hit two home runs against the Rays in their only postseason meeting. Geez. The answer, Danny Jansen. Well, it'd be nice to have him in a lineup. <laughs> hit a hater. He likes Garrett Cole, like... Make it, make it to second base in under two and a half weeks. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Rays down at the Rogers yeah, Center roll, on buddy. October 1st. Again, today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Rays down at the Rogers Center on October 1st. <clears throat> Which player hit the first home run in the history of the Devil Rays slash Rays franchise? Oh, this is a good one. This might be an all-timer. I would not have gotten this. And it's my Rays, right? Which player hit the first home run in the history of the Devil Rays Rays franchise? Um, you're not going to get this. Uh, but you can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. You're just not going to get it. You're not going to get the answer to this trivia question. Mm. Think chicken. <laughs> Why are you hiding it? Think chicken. That's all I'm saying. I'm giving you a hint. Think chicken. That's the answer to this question. It helps none. Well, some people it might. Uh, Jesse Rogers is ESPN's national MLB reporter. He uh, is based in Chicago. He is in Atlanta covering the Braves and Cubs series. Of course, the uh, I mean the Atlanta Braves uh, they uh, clinched their division, I think, on April nineteenth. Um, and uh, feels that way. It, well, yeah, I mean it does. It 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 feels as if it's when you been, hit a thousand home runs inevitable. as a team. Yeah. It feels that way. Uh, but, man, the, the the rest of the uh, the National League wild card is, uh, is a trip right now. It really is. And um, I keep thinking back to this as someone who admits that when the wild card concept came up, and, Jesse, thanks for joining us, you know, I remember when this wild card concept came up and I was covering baseball and I didn't like it because I liked the sanctity of the division and yada, yada, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's a hoot. (laughs) It's a hoot. And usually the the teams that emerge from this, I mean, you know, they've been playing playoff baseball for a month. They're good to go when the playoffs roll around. It it really is remarkable.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I I was with you. I kind of liked all that sanctity stuff. But the season's too long not to have more teams sort of matter in September. Can you imagine if it was just the division winners? It would be a really boring month of baseball. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of fun to see all this shocking position You know, we haven't had um, a tie yet since the new rules went in place last year. Um, Likely to happen this year where two teams tie and it comes down to a tiebreaker. So one fan base is going to be really upset that they lost a head-to-head series, you know, back in June or something. So there's all sorts of layers to all this stuff. And the other layer to the National League race is that no one is jumping up and taking it other than maybe the Diamondbacks. You know, the Phillies have it. But this third spot's kind of crazy. The Marlins are losing today. The Cubs lost last night dramatically. Um, You know, who's going to take it? Who's going to want it these last few days? It's going to be interesting.
2: Jesse, where are the Cubs? Like, when they were here facing the Blue Jays, they were really good. Like, they were hard to get out. They were competitive. It was a battle to, you know, get them out consistently. Where are they at now?
0: Yeah, look, you got them at the wrong time. When you're a 500-ish team or a little bit above, a little bit below, you, you you can play streaky like you can look really good and then you can look kind of bad they've been streaky a lot of the of the season especially um in the second half year when they started out great after the all-star break had a dip went on another run now are in another dip right now what's happened is their bullpen's a mess and i know this is probably going around the league but they really are a mess they're basically two to top 3 relievers are down and so they're trying to piece it together. I think it's actually a testament to the whole team that they're 82 and 75 and have hung in there. They've changed up their starting staff. Their bullpen is, is taxed and injured. So um, they're good. They're a good team. They're just not a great team. And when you're not a great team, you end up in weird spots where you lose a game you were leading 6 nothing last night. So that's the way I look at it. They're just a they're a notch below a team like the Blue Jays, even though they went in there and beat them up.
1: Who do you think is – who or what, let me rephrase it, who or what will be the key to who gets those last two spots? I mean, Arizona, you talked about, I think Arizona's 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They've clearly got it rolling. But is there a player? Um, is there a part of the Marlins, Cubs, or um, well, we'll continue to leave uh, the Diamondbacks in the discussion as well. Is there a certain yeah. aspect of any of those three teams that you think might be the weakness, or might be the strength that determines who gets in and who doesn't.
0: Yeah, I think it's on the mound. I really do. Um, who, who can? Wh- which team can kind of come up with with a with a mound performance that's sort of unexpected? I mean, the Cubs' case, and I'm, I'm with them a lot. Um, one of the relievers is back tonight, Mark Leiter Jr. He's been fantastic. Now he's got five games to lock it back in. He was he was he was not on the injured list, but he wasn't pitching because he had some some ailments. So, like, can one extra guy on the Marlins or the Cubs kind of lock in? And, I mean, the Marlins are known for good pitching, but they've had some injuries there too, and they haven't had the best performances you know, down the stretch here. So, I, I can't give you one name, but if someone can kind of step up and, and take that ball in a big spot, whether it be a starter or a reliever, I feel like that's going to be the difference maker over the next five days.
2: You mentioned the Cubs. Justin Steele, is that a one-hit wonder, or are we – continue to see him be 16-5 and with an ERA a little over three?
0: No, I don't think he's a one-hit wonder because he's a unique pitcher. He's got a fastball that is as good as any in the league, and it's not because he throws 98-99. He's learned how to maneuver that fastball where it looks like a cutter, it looks like a sinker, it looks like a rising 96-mile-an-hour fastball, even though he's only throwing at 92. So he's mastered a unique pitch, and if you can do that, you can have success. And I, I think he's shown that this year. So I do think he has lasting power, you know, who knows if he'll be in the Cy Young race again, but he's a, I think he's a, a leg, legitimate top three in the rotation pitcher Now.
1: Yeah. Jesse, you know, we, it seems like we really didn't pay attention to the Philadelphia Phillies an awful lot this year. I mean, yeah. you know, the Braves went away and won, won the division and the Phillies, you know, they have clinched the wild card and they but you know, we've had a couple of people on national writers and they've all said the same thing. they, we asked the question, "Can anybody beat the Braves?" and they say the Phillies might be able to do it, you know, and then I mean last year they yeah. went on a good run last year are are they good enough to pull that off this year against a team that just seems really really strong
0: I mean the easy answer is no mm-hmm. because the Braves just will out homer everybody in the world right now, but if there was a team that had sort of that mojo and and the vibe and all that stuff to do it, it would be Philly. I mean, I covered them a lot last year. That is turned into a rocking place to play. Bryce um, has kind of led that group. And, you know, you see the fans. It's the good and the bad. When they're behind you, it's an incredible atmosphere. They can also, you know, trash you. But right now that fan base is really behind that team. So I'm going to say there's a possibility, but I would never – you know, make them the favorite or anything like that because the Braves can out-homer you. And when you can out-homer a team in the playoffs especially, you're, you're going to win a lot of series. So, um, sure, they have a shot, probably as good a shot as anybody, but I still make the Braves a, a, a big-time favorite.
2: Jesse, Cody Bellinger, a Cub next year?
0: No, no. no. I think he's going to walk. I think, you know, my my money would be on the Yankees. Um, I, if I'm the Blue Jays, I'd open up the purse strings for him. Um, there's a few teams out there. I'm, I'm a broken record about this that just are too right-handed. And, um, I'm not sure the, the average fan understands what balance means to a lineup and specifically having balance from the left side. Um, the Blue Jays have not had it for years. The Yankees have not had it for years. I think that should be a bidding war for Bellinger. I think he leaves and he goes out east somewhere.
2: Jesse, other than health, what do you think has turned his season into everybody wanting him now in the off season?
0: Well, definitely health. I think the the old change of scenery worked out for him. He came to some uh, he came to a place he wasn't familiar with, but actually kind of was because of some coaches that that worked in the Dodgers system and then are now over here. And there is a quick comfortability factor that you don't always get, um, and he got it right away. Uh, but health was number one, and I, I think the change of scenery meant something too. It just it can, it can work. It can work. It can mean something, you know. An appreciation for where you are and a different pre- appreciation from the team you know you can teams teams see the warts and players more than anyone and maybe the dodgers saw that it got stale and you know it can work out and it certainly has worked out for him um uh, but but health was number one because he got back to the swing that he always had uh
1: jesse i'm just going to change focus a little bit uh, owen casey is kid from burlington ontario uh, one of the, the the cubs top prospects what are expectations for him next year
0: Triple A. Triple A. And once you're there, there's always that chance of moving up and making your debut. But I would say um, a solid year at Triple A would be in order. I don't know if he'll start the season there or be there in short order, but they have high hopes for him. I think there's a there's a big trade in, in, in the Cubs making at some point in the next 12 months as well. I'm not saying he'd be involved, but you, you have to consider any prospect when you're, when you're thinking about trades. Um, I know the Cubs are as desperate for left-handed hitting as anyone, so I think he he probably has a place. But um, I think I think he's he's finally going to make it to Triple A, and at that, that point, you could be knocking on the door of the major leagues.
1: Jesse, really good of yeah. you to join us today. Thanks so much, man. Be well. Thanks a lot. You got it. You too. Enjoy the,
0: the stretch run. Talk to you. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, Jesse Rogers is uh, ESPN's mm-hmm. national MLB reporter. I yeah, own Casey's quietly creeping up in some of the top prospects list. Um, yep. And and yeah, it, it's you know, look, it's going to be an interesting offseason for a couple of Canadian-born outfielders. Tyler O'Neill in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. St. Louis has got they've got to have a rethink about how they're going about doing things. And you know, Pete Crow Armstrong has been called up by the uh, by the uh, by the Cubs, and he's <laughs> he's their top prospect. And uh, Owen Casey is. Behind him, it'd be interesting to see what ends up happening with those with those two kids. Yeah, I mean, you got to look. It's 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 sort of
2: a process, man. I, it's, it's those are hard words. That's a hard word to say. Like, we hear that because we we're around that slot, lot. Me yes. and you, and we hear that word a t- a ton. Like it's just so you look. They they talk about that a little bit more than they talked about that when I was a player. That mm-hmm. that I think I don't I don't want to you know be the old guy on the lawn kind of thing, but hopefully with the process and and what it takes and I don't even know what do you even know what that is anymore. Like what's process. a kid have to do? to show you he's a big leaguer anymore, right? When I played, it was basically go and hit 25 homers or yeah. go to a, the different levels and show us that you can drive in runs. Like, you know what I think? They had that sort of, so I don't even know what the process uh, is anymore you know what because I think kind a of, lot of the times they, they don't even play a ton in those, in those leagues,
1: so. Yeah, I think a lot of the times the process depends on the needs of the team. You know, it is interesting how when it's your time, it's your time kind of thing. Well, yeah, sort of. We've talked a lot about it this year. Look at Look at teams that are contending this year and how quickly they've brought up young guys. Sure. Yeah, yeah look at the Orioles. Um, yeah. Cincinnati. Uh, I, I, I really think, and I'm like you, when I hear the word process, my eyes just kind of glaze over, and it makes me want to call a 1-800 number and order some steak knives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, I think the process depends on what your team's needs are. Oh, yeah. Right, you could talk about process all you want, but if a dude comes along and is so good and is raking, screw the process. It's- yeah,
2: th- those are different parts of it. There's those are far and few between. It's like the one that's on the fringe. Are they? Are they not like you sort of don't know what is it? What are you looking for now? Right. It's not you. You have to go to this level. You're yeah. here for a certain amount of games. Like, and if you don't, we don't see what we like from here. We're going to send you back like me. Well, I had a really good year in double A. They sent me back to double A.
1: You know, I th- I keep thinking to um, it. it was, I, think, I think it was an article it, either Ben or Arden wrote this in spring training, but it was about how the Jays track swing decisions at every level. Yeah. And they, they keep a swing decision yeah. scorecard. It's a chart. It, it, it's a the chart. The big leaguers do that too in the in yeah, spring tournament. It's, it's done. And you can see where you rank within the whole organization. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. That, that's why I keep talking about prospect rankings and all that. It's the, the, the information and the way teams look at particular players in particular situation. I mean, we just don't know, but it, 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 does it is remarkable how every now and then the old we got an opening, this dude's raking a double A, let's get him up here? Yeah, it teams will still do that. Teams will still. Well, do it's that.
2: almost like they don't want to waste the A swings as much in the minor leagues as they did when I played. Yeah. Like, I it was you had to show the A swing in the minor leagues a lot for that guy. I mean, Cecil Cooper used to come all the time to my games and be like this consistently used to tell me this, like this is not good enough here. We'd like to see you doing more in certain
1: situations. But what and, was it? Was it okay? Did they say to, when, when when he talked to you, did he say we'd like to see well, you? It's more the breaking hit, ball. That was okay, what it was. So right? it wasn't like we'd, like we'd like to see you hit more doubles. Yeah, or, you couldn't throw it hard enough
2: to throw it by me when I was young. So that was never an issue for me. It was the breaking ball. It was plate awareness. Like okay. those were the two sort of things that, you know, it's – Not okay for you to strike out 120 times in the minor leagues. And I did. I had to figure out ways to, you know, let a curveball travel a little bit more and maybe fight that off of two strikes to to get a fastball in, that kind of thing. And the more you hear it from, you know, the person that is, you know, deciding whether you're going to the big leagues or not, hey, you better figure it out. So that's all. That's just the process. That word process is... Cause we hear, we've heard it. We heard it here a lot with this, the GM here that is with the Blue Jays, and we hear it a lot in baseball. And it's just odd that you, right? That's all they talk about is what I'm saying. And there's a lot more for me anyway that goes into it. And I just don't know mm-hmm. the, what the deciding factor is for when you call a guy up or when you leave a guy down or. What do you think?
1: Hap- what do you think uh, happens in that National League Wild Card? Like I, it's I have a hard. I have a hard time buying the buying buying in on the Cubs. I I I, I don't know why. I, I just I think the Diamondbacks are
2: playing with house money. For whatever reason, it feels like the cubbies have more pressure on them. Yeah. That would almost tell you that it's the Diamondbacks. Like when you saw the, the reaction
1: taking. to Suzuki, the the misplay of that ball and yeah. the I mean that that yeah, really I mean. kinda had a it's hard to overcome. Daggerish feeling. I mean, you to got
2: it, you know? got a decent lead against a really good team. You're expected basically to close that out. Come back tomorrow, and you're sitting pretty, right mm-hmm. where you're at in the standings. And now you're not. And do you start looking more who's behind you than who's in front of you? That you're, that you're playing that day. I don't know. David Ross is he good enough? Everybody. I mean, I play with David. He's a he's a very good man. He's very soft spoken. He's very easy to communicate with right it's uh and i think that's a big deal in today's in today's game is you got to be okay with a a player walking by and actually having conversation with a manager which is
1: i mean i wanted i want to see the Mar- I would, i'd like to see the marlins get in just because i picked them to go into the, the postseason but the, but i don't know that i, that, I, I have to admit I've, I've caught a couple of diamondbacks games they are fun to watch corbin carroll's fun he's a good player he's fun uh, how good
2: he is, huh? Well, we'll see. You yeah, have to be seen. Year. But, yeah, he like, he's got all the skills. It's like that consistent, right, you got a little weakness, you take care of that weakness. And then mm-hmm. they, they start attacking something else to see if that's a weakness. And then that becomes a weakness. And now, right, you're still trying to hit your weakness that you had before and trying to cover or lay off of that. It's sort of like Davis. Like, you get sort of one taken care of, they attack something else. And it's... Everybody goes through it. It's very hard to. It's not hard getting to the big leagues. It's hard staying in the big leagues, and that's the thing, right? It's these great, these really good young players. You know, it's it's a it's a pro. Oh
1: boy, yeah. I almost said it again. You did. It's a process. One eight hundred. It's they a have, process. They
2: have. They have. They have <laughs> done something to me.
0: Sure, it's them or me.
2: Uh, well, that's a given. I mean, I have people texting me saying, you're right,
1: which family members never. Ha- yeah.
2: Well,
1: I, I mean, but, I, but again, I, I, I'm very offended back, by that. This gets back to the Romano thing. I don't know what I'm right about because I didn't say anything. I just pointed something out. I didn't come out and say that Jordan Hicks should be closing or Chad I, I, Green should I don't be closing. Know.
2: You know, a lot of the times is when you start talking about a team being in the World Series, you expect that team to be perfect. And when it's not... You want to point the finger at little things all throughout the year, and they're human beings. Occasionally, they're going to throw balls down the middle. It's just the way it is. Man. Philly's the only team that can beat the Braves, right? I would think so. Maybe the Astros. Astros have had to work really hard to get in. If they get in, which they may not, if they lose tonight, they got to sweep the Diamondbacks. That ain't gonna be easy to do. No, they play really good on the road, yeah. but they ain't got. They're pitching that That's they will funny, have hey? to throw against the Diamondbacks is their worst pitching. Who would have
1: thought at the start of the year yeah. that a Diamondbacks? How about that? Astros series the to wrap deal. up the season? Could be, could be the biggest or one of the biggest series Absolutely. at the end of the year. Absolutely. That's hilarious. I just
2: think true. because of the lineup that the Astros have is they can match up against the Braves and right. Sort of, they can win the ten yeah. to nine game. Which the other teams? I'm not sure. Yeah, that wasn't to so do that.
1: It was kind of an. I have to admit, I thought when Verlander shoved the other night, I thought that was the, the nail in the in the coffin for the Mariners. I really did. I just thought, okay, this thing is setting up. Now watch last night's game, and I mean, it just gets back to the, you. It's pitching, man. As long as you've got a dude on the mound. Who's good unless you have the mm-hmm. unless you have the lineup that the Rangers have, yeah, and you get your
2: cleanup hitter back and you know now you sort of got your five or six deep instead of two or three deep i mean it's a giant deal right so it's, it, it's they're the one team I think too that yeah you know, offensively pitching wise ugh, mm-hmm. boy they they are not good and and Boach is he's throwing it against the wall <laughs> trying to figure
1: I'll, it out. I will tell you what though when you look at that lineup, you get down to the bottom of that lineup and you start thinking that. You know, again, we've we talked about Evan Carter a little bit. He's kind of come on the scene. Uh, that is a, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I'm I, I don't I'm not one of these guys that will generally say you know it's sad that dot dot dot. Yeah. But when I see that lineup, if their pitching staff was completely healthy, oh my goodness, what, that would be a
2: good team. What oh. happens is is when you face the Braves they get after you so early in the game that it basically eliminates your good pitching life or your good lineup that you may have, right? If you're down 5 nothing, that it eliminates have. you having the at-bats that you would normally have. Now you're walking to the plate. You may take a pitch that normally you might hit for a homer, right? So it's sort of that carryover effect of how do I have that at-bat, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's It just seems like the Braves are way more, way more better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, they got a little something for everybody.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that 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 would be a fun series. Who Braves and Phillies would be fun. It would be fun.
2: I mean, that that National League thing, right? That's sort of it's sort of starting to line up that way. Yeah, you sort of got heavyweights, and those are the two heavyweights. And I, the Dodgers. I mean, you got the two Hall of Famers back to back in the in the lineup, and then you got the rotation. Which I, does that scare you? I'm not sure. Like it, but it's the Dodgers. They've been there and done it before. So, yeah, there's yeah, it's, it's I, some, it's some intriguing things, but I just don't know how you could ever bet against the Braves.
1: Yeah, they're just I, that I've, good. I, you know, I, again, it's always dangerous. You know, the Dodgers have the pedigree and all that, but you just, you just watch the Braves for an inning. And, you know, someone made this comment to me the other day about we were, we were talking about it. And it's true. Watch the Braves for an inning. Yeah. Something's going to happen offensively. Yeah, it's like Igla- just just watch, Iglesias just to, watch them.
2: Their closer—that's the one little issue, right? Is—is is if Iglesias has a hiccup early in the playoffs, what what do they do? Yeah, do they do they eliminate him? Do they not pitch? How about me talking about closers? Do they
1: do that because it's World Series or bust for the Braves? So yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting. Seven oh seven is the first pitch. That is six, 13 minutes away. Lucky number thirteen minutes away. On Sportsnet 590, the fan on Sportsnet. Guaranteed win night. Jose Barrios against Garrett Cole. The uh, Jays looking to even this three-game series. So, help them out. Yeah, yeah. Cheer loud. Cheer loud. Wow. Stand up in your seat. Take the hot dogs out of your mouth. (laughs) Get off your iPhones. Make some noise. Blair wants noise. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Let's make signs. Enjoy the baseball. We'll be back tomorrow.